Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 105 at Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can uh, keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, same number. That's where we're going right here, right now, the River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement, bet on it. I will work in a text because at the end of this conversation with Rob Brown, we are going to talk about... Uh, you know, potential training camp invites, or do you take a swing on somebody looking to jumpstart their career? But without further ado, from the Oilers Radio Network, we welcome back to the show uh, a man who had an extensive NHL career and once scored 49 goals in an NHL season, Rob Brown. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm doing very good, Bob. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking time to, uh, to uh, join us. Uh, back in your day, when you played... Uh, August 29th, were you, were, you, were you getting ready to head back into the NHL city or was there still another week? Because it seems to me you guys had a longer preseason back in the day. Uh, we did. We used to have, oh, there'd probably be a week to two weeks of just practices where we'd have two-a-days for about 10 days. Then we'd go on an exhibition trip. When I was in Pittsburgh, we went through you know, San Francisco and Oakland and, and San Jose and do a long trip, or we've been to Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth and all those places. So it was a much longer training camp. But then when I played, the summer workouts weren't the same. Uh, normally, August 1st was the first time any of us went on skates. Uh, my workout consisted of just eating a muffin for breakfast so that I would lose weight that way and just try to get back into playing weight. And when you got to training camp, that's when you got into to the type of shape that you needed to play. So uh, completely different hockey now, the way they train. Mario Lemieux, when he used to come to training camp, first day camp was the first day he put his skates on. And when we did the uh, physical training, the weights and all that, he would do one push-up, one sit-up, one chin-up, one of everything just to say he did it. So completely different ballpark now with the way players train all summer long. We're joined by Rob Brown. So, Rob, I mean, it's it's interesting to me because for a lot of players, they only take like three to four weeks off once the season's over, and then they're right back at it. Well, so I, I've talked to some of the players. It's a week. Wow. Uh, they take a week off, and, and that's it. It. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons now. One, obviously, is money. You know, guys extending a career by two or three years could mean you're adding five to fifteen to twenty-five million dollars into your bank account. We didn't make that money when I played, right? Uh, so, and when they started training uh, near the end of my career, it became more of a, a year-round sport with training and stuff. If you weren't doing it, someone else was, and your spot was going to be taken by someone that was going home in the summertime and and training all summer long. So uh, completely different now, uh, and that's why, in all honesty, they're better athletes. 
Uh, I don't know if all the players think the game better, but they certainly are uh, in much better physical shape than players were in my era. Was there anybody that was notoriously? Uh, I won't. I won't have you. Uh, you know, rip any of your <laughs> former teammates. Was there one or two guys that rolled in and looked like an Adonis every year? Uh, there were, and they were usually the guys that got cut first in training camp. Wow. It was the guys that, those are the guys that, and a lot of the reason was they just weren't good enough to make it to that level, but they had to do everything they could to be noticed. So they'd come in and win every fitness test that you had in training camp. Then when the first cut, they were gone. But when I played, I remember I had a goalie named Pat Regan who, uh, did not look like an athlete at times, would smoke between periods of games that he was playing. Uh, the very first, I've said it before on the show, the very first time I went to training camp, I was walking across the grass with Mario Lemieux. And uh, back then we uh, got dressed in a, in a high school gym and then walked across to the high school rink to, to skate. So we had all our equipment on except for our skates. And he was smoking a cigarette on his way to the first skate of the year. So it was uh, a completely different time. So there were guys that came in that were in incredible shape. But those were normally guys just trying to impress in different ways because, unfortunately, they weren't as good on the ice. Uh, I don't know if there would be anything more embarrassing for a player than this, Rob, but in 1997, uh, fairly early into the – it was after the Oilers' first preseason game. I was probably 195, and I we were way behind on a contract, and I had to plant like the final month. Okay, and and, mm-hmm. and it ended up it, it was like it was like weather like this. It was very warm uh, where we were at for about a three week stretch. So I was pretty tan, and I and I and I was in pretty good shape. And after one of the games, one of the Russians came out of the room at the same time that I did. And a couple of the kids went running up to me thinking I was the player. <laughs> he wasn't the player. I'm like, well, yeah. actually, that guy's a pretty good player. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, when, when, when we played, it was a month-long training camp. Yeah. So in that month, you could get into pretty good shape. So yeah, the, it, it's funny. And the players, when we played, they, they, they train different now, too. They're much uh, slimmer. Uh, back when, you know, yeah. my career, guys were a lot more muscular because they didn't realize that, uh, pushing benches or bench pressing and that kind wasn't the kind of weight that you need or the kind of strength that you needed. So yeah. they're much leaner now. When you see a player now, it's, I'm shocked at how thin a lot of these players are, but how strong they are as well. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, I, I never worked out like the players did now, and that's probably, uh, probably a good thing because now I think my body would just fall apart from uh, – from the abuse that it's taken over the years, Rob. I, I know during the season you're coaching kids on the ice, and you're, you know, you're. How would we define you? Are you a skills instructor at a hockey academy? Is that fair? Uh, yes, I'm a skills instructor because work ethic and back checking is not a strength of mine. But you did score 49. Do you do it in the off season as well? Like, are you doing yep. it with kids in August? Yeah, I just we just got off the ice uh, Friday. We had I think about 250 kids at our Excel Hockey School in St. Albert. So, yeah, I, I'm on the ice a lot. During the winter, I'm on about 10 to 12 times a week yep. with kids. I love it. They, honestly, it's uh, it's fun. All these kids, uh, they have big dreams, and some of them is making a, high, a, year, a higher tier the next year, and some of them is making a living playing hockey, but it's fun being around them. Yeah, all right. Uh, the Calgary Flames got to give full credit. The Battle of Alberta is fully back on. I mean, the Oilers may be a surprise. Not that they won the series, but they won it in five games and won four straight, especially after the way Calgary started in game one, and for that matter, in game two at home. But then the Flames lost Goodrow, and Kachuk said he wasn't going to sign there, and Brad Trailiving swung back and made a big deal, a stunning deal to get Huberto and Uyghur in that, and then he ends up getting Nazem Kadri. 
it's going to be a kicker, the Battle of Alberta this year, isn't it, Rob? It, it certainly is. I, I was on Reed's show uh, right after Kachuk announced that they announced that he wasn't going to that he wanted to be traded. And I said that uh, Goudreau and Kachuk had just given the Oilers not only the division title in the regular season, but the playoff title in this, this side or their conference, or excuse me, their division for the next number of years. Just because uh, losing Goudreau and Kachuk, how could you recover? But they did. And I don't know if they're going to have the same regular season, but I honestly believe that Calgary could be better. I think Huberto and Goudreau cross each other out simply because they have the same amount of points. They're both incredible hockey players. Kadri, we know, is good. And I don't think he's uh, Kachuk uh, level of points, but he brings intangibles that I think is fantastic. And then they got Uyghur. And then they signed, Trevling signed Huberto. He signed Kadri, long-term deal. So, yeah, I think it's back on, and I'm, I'm excited by that. I think that anybody that was hoping for Calgary to have a demise and for players to continue to, to leave were short-sighted by the fact that, well, if it could happen in Calgary, it could happen in Vancouver, it could happen in Winnipeg, it could happen in Edmonton. We don't want that. We want all the Canadian teams to be strong. And it makes for better hockey, makes for better entertainment, and there was nothing better than watching the Calgary, Calgary, or the Calgary Oilers series last year in the playoffs. And I look forward to that again this year. So I think Calgary traveling has done an incredible job with the Flames, and he has set up the Oilers' Flames over the next number of years to be must-watch hockey. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, we all, I mean, maybe we have an, an Alberta-centric perspective on this, but, you know, Greg Wyshynski writing in ESPN, it's the best rivalry in the NHL, and compared it to Alabama-Auburn in NCAA college football, we're joined by Rob Brown. Rob, for the 4,633rd time, I'm going to ask you about Yessa Pugliarvi. Uh, John Shannon was just on, he talked about the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people thought Pugliarvi might move at some point during the summer. We're closing in on to the end of the offseason. I guess, in theory, it's still a potential possibility that he does get moved um where's your headspace at right now with Pugliarvi who, who had a strong you know start to the year where he had 10 goals and 23 points in the first 28 games uh went through a bout with COVID and then suffered a lower body injury that kept him out of the lineup for a month but he had a tough final 50 or so games between the regular season and the playoffs I think he only had like six goals what, what, what are you thinking right now well I, I think that the interest for him around the league isn't very high. So I think if you move him out, you're not getting much in return. So I think for the Oilers, two things could happen. He'd come here and play well for the Oilers, uh, live up to his physical potential, and the Oilers can keep him or move him when he's worth more. Uh, I think that he's got all the tools. If you look at players on the Oilers roster, Yamamoto, he would love to have everything that Pugliarby has. And like the physicals, the, the size, the strength, the, the skating, all of that. Where, yes, he struggles is, A, with confidence. When things don't go right for him, it's not just he's not scoring. Everything falls apart. And seeing the game. Uh, and some, the game is much faster now than at any time in the last 40, 50, 60, 70 years. It's the fastest it's ever been. And it's not just fast with feet and hands. It's fast with brain. So you've got to think the game fast. And if you're playing with Connor or Leon, you got to think it even faster because they, they think the game at a, a level that no one other than the Marios and the Gretzkys could ever think the game at. And he struggles with that. Uh, when you simplify the game for yes, he can be a, an effective hockey player. Uh, I think he's just got to find what his role is here and just stay with that. And if things don't go right, don't get down on yourself because it's obvious when things aren't going right, you watch his body language on the yeah. ice. And it affects everything about his game. So uh, I think you come in with zero expectations and hope that uh, he can just live up to what God gave him physically because uh, I wish I had the physical abilities that he's been blessed with. Do you recall a player like him when you played? 
Mm, not really. Um, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of players that had a big P beside their name, potential, yeah. and they just they just never reached it. They always went, oh, he's so close. Okay, next year he's going to live up to his potential. And I think that's the biggest thing for, for Yesi is everyone looks at where he was drafted and the kind of world junior he had, and they think, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. And just look at his body and what he's capable of doing. And sometimes it's hard living up to that. And when you don't, and living in this market in Edmonton, uh, with social media, with regular media, with 24-7, uh, everything's pointed out to you. And it's hard not to read it. So if you're a guy that struggles with confidence and then you're reading, well, he's, you know, this guy might get demoted, he's going to be traded, it does affect you, especially if you're a younger player with you know, high regard of what you're capable of doing or thinking you're capable of doing. I cheer for him. I really do. And I hope it works out here in Edmonton. But I think sometimes you have to temper your expectations with him because I don't know if his on-ice vision is as strong at the National Hockey League level as it needs to be for him to be a 35 to 40 goal scorer. Well, I mean, I, I, I will tell you that last year, in the first quarter of the year, I thought he could be a 25-goal scorer in the NHL in the next couple of years. I, I agree with that, Bob. The only problem for, for Yessi now... and Now, yeah. When it's I, different, now, it's when, different now than it was back in November. That's all there is to it. Absolutely. They got, for, for you to be a goal scorer in the NHL, you have to play in the top six consistently and the biggest thing is you need power play time you do because the five on five goals are hard to come by and if you don't every once in a while you get one that goes off your shin pad or deflects off your stick on the power play he's it's going to be a hard time finding power play time for for yesi he's got he's a guy that only can stand in front of the net you've got hyman and you've got kane that are both capable of doing that and we saw yamamoto do that as well so now you're cutting away from prime real estate, excuse me, for Yessi, and that'll affect you offensively. Yeah, no, there's, I'm, I'm 100%. This is going to be, unf- it's it's a frustrating one for me because, you know, I, I was a guy, there have been times where I, this is how, like, you, you know, when you're sitting there doing a two-hour show, and it's a privilege to do it on a daily basis, and then doing the pre and po- you know, pre-game show, and then doing the broadcast, and you're involved in those shows as well. We have a lot of opportunity to, and, and to talk. And, I mean, I can I can think back when Pugliarvi went over to Finland. I was like, maybe they should trade him for Borgstrom. Seriously, mm-hmm. like, because Borgstrom, when I saw him play at Denver, looked like he could be a third-line NHL center. Well, you know, he got bought out by Chicago, who's a bad club. Now, Chicago made some interesting decisions. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> okay, I, I still don't get the doc deal for the life of me. I did not understand that trade. Well, when you're rebuilding, don't you rebuild about around young stars? Yeah, and and now he's probably, and it, the Canadians are probably going to benefit here on a, just because of how the contract will work out for him. It's, it's going to be I think Montreal fans are going to be super happy. Uh, anyhow, it's just it's just an interesting situation, you know, with Jesse. I mean, again, he he had really good moments in the bubble in 2021, mm-hmm. and then last year he had a strong start, but not a great finish. And we heard rumblings maybe he could use a fresh start. You know, he's already gone through one fresh start and a restart. I'm going to be intrigued to see where it goes. All right, Rob, I'm going to speaking of Chicago. We've talked a bit about Patrick Kane on the show. Uh, the Oilers would have to probably move three or four assets to get him. The team has held their number ones. You know the story. They go to uh, Penticton with four first-round picks, likely playing in that tournament, uh, which might be as many as the other three teams combined. They got a pretty good team. They've got some good young prospects coming. Uh, where would your headspace be if you could if you could make the money work and you had the assets to give up to go bring in Patrick Kane as a rental? Well, I'm a huge Patrick Kane 
fan. I mean, he's in my top five players that I would pay to watch play. Uh, and then if to say that, oh, you're going to play either with Leon or Connor, you're kidding me? How much better that would make the Edmonton Oilers? And the thing that Patrick Kane brings to is the intangible of he's won. And when he plays in big games, he's better. And that's what you want on a team. You don't want a, a star that all of a sudden shrinks in, in important times. Kane's the opposite. He becomes a better hockey player in the bigger moments. So I would, I would do whatever I can to get Patrick Kane. Having said that, it's, I mean, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> he does make $10 million and you've got to do a lot, be very, very creative. But on a selfish, selfish being part of an Oiler broadcast team, being an Edmonton fan, I'd love to see Patrick Kane here. Are you kidding me? To see him, to be able to play with Connor or Leon and the magic they could have, I'd love to have him here. Uh, one more guy before I get you to tell uh, you know where there, there could be some preceding a blockbuster deal like that we could see a PTO invite or two um, maybe look at adding one more defenseman maybe looking at adding one more forward by my count the orders are at 40 contracts were up because I don't see Schaefer uh, in the National Hockey League this year and I don't see Matt, uh, Matt V. Petrov uh, playing in the AHL I think he's going to be back in the OHL uh, would you be open to giving an opportunity to Jake Vertanen? He was acquitted of all charges, um, which, I, and I talked to a couple of criminal defense lawyers as that was going on, and they guaranteed me that was going to happen. That they, they just said, look, the more information comes out on this, there's no jury going to find him guilty. So he was acquitted criminally. It doesn't mean that there's not another civil charge coming at some point. Um, he does play up a little a degree of truculence. He hits guys. He's got a different dimension than some of the other Oilers players in the bottom six. Would you contemplate bringing him in? I'll contemplate. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's gone and faced the music. He's gone to court. Um, they found him innocent. Uh, he does bring stuff that I think, again, he was a guy that had the potential. Everyone expected more out of him because of where he's drafted. This guy's going to be, you know, top six, and he's not that kind of player. But he does bring that type of animosity and uh, a little bit of viciousness and some physicality that you can put in your bottom six. I'm all for PTOs. I, I went to Pittsburgh on a tryout basis and got three more years in the NHL. So I, I'm a big believer of giving someone a chance and tell them to come in and earn a spot. And if they earn a spot, they can make you a better hockey club. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's, pay, he's paid a price already. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm up for just about anyone coming in on a PTO. If they, if they earn a spot, here's your spot. But uh, it's the one nice thing about the National Hockey League, if you – uh, you can bring guys in on tryouts, guys that have had success in the league before that are trying to restart their careers for a myriad of different reasons. And if you got a spot that's available, come in and earn it. We've seen here in the Oilers a couple times in the past. Was it Chase Long came in on a tryout, came in and put up some fairly good numbers for a guy. 22 goals. Just, he had yeah. 22 goals that year. That's yeah. pretty good for a guy that came in on a tryout. So, yeah, I think sometimes you try to hit a home run with a guy on a tryout, and the others have in the past. Well, uh, yeah, that's because at the start of last season, the others' three right wings were supposed to be Kyler Yamamoto, Yesa Pugliarvi, and Ty Ratty. 
They scored 15 goals in the preseason. They scored eight combined in the regular season. So Chason's 22 became big. All right, final one for you. What was the funniest comment you ever got in terms of, uh, if you can recall in the back of your mind, you, you, you talked a bit about coming into training camp and just the the, the changing complexions and, and the reality that today's player basically trains year-round. You were in a slightly different time in a different place, but were there a couple uh, uh, did, did a couple guys uh, chirp you a little bit uh, back in the day for your level of conditioning, or was there another guy that uh, took a little bit once in a while? Well, it was funny. I went into L.A. once one year. I got I signed in the off season, and they had us go through. I can't remember doing medical or whatever, but they had us going through, and the coaching staff was sitting at a table, and we walked through to introduce ourselves to the coaching staff, and Barry Melrose was there. But we had to do it with our shirts off, which was weird. And I walked up, and Barry Melrose goes, Oh, my goodness, you do have ribs. No one's ever seen ribs on you before. It's kind of nice that you got in shape this year. Which was kind of true and sad. And then the the next year, the year before, I was playing against, I was with Dallas at their training camp, and I lined up against Brendan Shanahan. And he looks over and he goes, Oh, my God, you're still alive? I thought you died. I'm like, all right. I guess I was forgotten for a few years, but yeah. So uh, there are some chirps that happen in training camp, and there's many, many, many times that I've taken my shirt off in the dressing room when I was a little bit body shamed, but well deserved. Uh, well, you know, you developed a thick skin. Rob, great stuff. <laughs> Thanks for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Thanks. Take care, Bob. You bet. Chirp by Brendan Shanahan and by Barry Melrose. 126 Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I wonder if I should talk about this on the air. Hmm. Oh, my mic's hot. It's 128 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott, Jody Dune, Oilers Now. Guess who just signed a two-year contract extension with the Philadelphia Flyers? A player we mentioned six or seven times last season as a guy who was going to get an NHL deal. The Flyers signed him, and now they have re-upped him. Hayden Hodson has signed a two-year contract, uh, AAV 800K. He played with Connor McDavid in Erie. Left-handed, scores goals, uh, probably the poor man's version of Tanner Jeannot. If he goes on waivers, do I put a claim in on him? Yes, I do. That's me. Not not saying the Oilers would, saying I would. All right. uh, You've heard about the great variety of used vehicles that our friends at Brent Ridge Ford are proud to offer. They want you to know that the order bank for the upcoming 2023 SUVs and F-150s now open. If you want to be treated fairly at the time of the purchase of a vehicle and enjoy quality service after the sale, order your new vehicle from Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 11 time winners of the President's Award for Customer Satisfaction. You can reach Brent Ridge Ford at one 477 3673 That's 1-877-477-FORD. When we come back, uh, we'll hook up with former Oilers head coach Todd Nelson. Off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update, Kevin Robertson.